Custom Ink is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInk.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Ink is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInk.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, many a Broncos fan uh, was, I mean, every Broncos fan was disappointed by Saturday's 42-15 beatdown at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. But a good chunk of those uh, disappointed Broncos fans are having, I would say, more than run-of-the-mill misgivings about this whole Nathaniel Hackett thing. What was your gut reaction, since this is the first people have had a chance to hear from you, to the game, what you saw, what it means, etc.? It means nothing. Preseason doesn't count. I understand there's trends that are forming, the Broncos rushing offense, the Broncos rushing defense. Uh, some people are pointing out how soft they are, but this was the Bills starters versus the Broncos backups. It, it's always going to be an unfair advantage uh, when the uh, when the playing field is that unlevel. And I, I don't know what the hand-wringing is for. People are jumping ship on Nathaniel Hackett after two preseason games. Do people forget the Broncos went undefeated last preseason? The Rams went winless last preseason. It does not matter. Again, wake me on September 12th if they can't run the ball with their first-string offensive line, with their first-string running back. Wake me if their defense can't stop the run against Seattle. Until then, Chad, this is what preseason's for. We're talking about practice. We're talking about the preseason. See, I agree and I disagree in one sense. I agree in that there's no reason to go careening toward the cliff if you're a Broncos fan. There's no reason to throw the baby out with the bathwater. All that excitement, all that confidence that you felt from Nathaniel Hackett and, of course, the Russell Wilson arrival, there's no reason to just dispense with that because of what you saw in a preseason game in which, what, three or four starters saw any uh, snaps from the Broncos. But where I will disagree is the sense that you can't, that it's completely meaningless. And like you said, I guess it's not really that much of a disagreement, Zach, because you you mentioned that there are trends now emerging. And the biggest trend that is bothering me, like really eating at me, I wrote about this today in the, in the takeaways article at milehighhuddle.com, is you averaged 1.8 yards per rush against Dallas. Then you went on and averaged 1.9 yards per rush against Buffalo. 
after, hey, we're going to implement this, you know, badass wide zone rushing scheme, the Mike Shanahan thing of old, it's coming back, baby. The best, you can't even muster two yards of carry. Come on now. Second teamers. And the argument, Zach, of, well, they were going against first teamers. Well, they did for like two series. And then it was twos on twos and threes on threes, et cetera. And it's a trend now. That combines Zach with uh, Mike Kliss. We don't we don't often uh, tip our cap to to Mike Kliss, although maybe we should more than we do. But he tweeted out a nice little screen cap of one play in particular in which the Bills, one Bills ball carrier was running, yeah. and he's he's like, look at the push or whatever this the their offensive line got on Denver's defense. There was this dude was five yards off the ball. I mean, I could have like driven my truck. All right. I could have driven my freaking GMC Sierra 1500 through that hole. Plug alert. Lack of freaking physicality, lack of technical yeah. uh, prowess, lack of coaches being able to like rally the troops. Those things bother me. But I'm not jumping to conclusions in the sense that, okay, time to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But are they rallying the troops for a preseason game? That doesn't count. I just feel like they're purposely holding back. And you wrote about that, Chad, in your excellent takeaways piece today. They're not going to show their full hand. They're not going to show their uh, what they want to run during the regular season. They're purposely vanilla. This is the whole point. And all that maybe showed against Buffalo was that Buffalo's backups are better than the Broncos' backups. But you have to look at the context of uh, the, the way the backups were playing. It's, it's one thing if you have Michael Ojemudia, who, by the way, I hope he gets it's healthy soon, but my God, as he burnt mm. toast in coverage, yeah. uh, he has fallen a long way and more on the end of the Isaac Yadam, Brennan Langley uh, spectrum. But it's one thing if you're playing him, Chad, for a handful of snaps per game. It's another thing if you're starting him for, uh, you know, 90% of the snaps per game. So yeah, maybe the Broncos defense could look better in certain occasions. Maybe the Broncos need some upgrades on their second and third team, but th- what's important is the first string. And you can't form an accurate conclusion about the trench play, the rushing offense and the rushing defense without seeing your starters out there. That's where it's, it's all begins up front. And when you're having Zach Johnson and Calvin Anderson and Cameron Fleming on the O-line and Mike Boone in the backfield and Stevie Scott, how could you come to any sort of takeaway, good or bad? So I'm not going to react to this negatively like I wasn't going to react to the Cowboys driving po- positively. It's preseason. This is what it's for. Don't overreact. I don't know, man. I don't know. I it, it's it's the congruency factor. I'll come back to that. Lawrence has been waiting like a patient boy. Appreciate the the stars, big dog. He says, I think it was a real testimony of how our team would look if we started getting injuries going against a real contender. Zach, to go the distance in this league, you gotta have elite depth. We thought we felt pretty good about this team's depth. And to to be honest with you, Zach. Even though I wrote today that I have questions about the depth, especially in comparisons to like obviously Buffalo's depth, I do feel good about the team's depth. What I worry about is I don't care if it's a preseason game or a regular season game. When a team gets popped in the mouth and then it goes into a shell, all right, the onus falls on the coaching staff and the team leaders, none of whom in this case were suited up. So it's hard for Russell Wilson and you know Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson or whoever to go rally in the troops when they're in, you know, uh hoodies and whatnot on the sideline but the coaches zach i mean this these are guys careers on the line by by guys i mean the players specifically like half the guys that you saw play on saturday guess what they're going to be on the roster maybe a little maybe a little less than half but give or take 25 ish type players are going to be on this roster and when you go into a shell shouldn't the coaches 
be able to figure out how to kind of reach them. And even if it's not like, hey, we're outmatched, there's very little we can do, like seeing some kind of a shift or elevation and in intensity. It felt like they got popped in the mouth, laid down, and said, we don't want to play football anymore. I, my, maybe, or maybe they said, listen, it's a preseason game, and Daniel Hackett's on record as saying he doesn't like preseason, so why risk further injury? It seems like every game they have a major injury, so let's get out of Buffalo unscathed. The loss doesn't count, and we can learn and grow from this. But, Lawrence, I disagree. You said this will be a, a glimpse of what the Broncos would look like. Yeah, if every starter on the team got injured and they're playing all backups, this is literally – people who are going to be like Chad said, driving Amazon trucks in a few weeks, this is not going to be what the Broncos are going to roll out in week one. So yeah, here or there um, certain positions, they can have better depth, certainly on the O-line. That's a point that Chad and I will continue to hammer home every podcast, but why jump off the cliff when you haven't seen one starter for any extended series, regardless of the opponent, regardless of circumstance, if you're a fan of Hackett, if you're tried and true and optimistic about the Broncos season, at least give them one regular season game. Game. hell give one regular season half of football before yeah. you jump off a ledge please i agree don't go jumping off a ledge you guys it's just when we think about and by the way gary appreciate you up there in canada buddy we'll get to bet benito trust in montreal no less that's very cool hold on hold tight on that thought just for a second gary but when it comes zach on the heels of all right you know this is weird like every coach with the exception of maybe the vic fangios of the world you know they have in the 14 training camp practices, they'll have one or two maybe strategically that are kind of pull, pull off a little bit, jog through, walk through, whatever. But especially that second week of training camp in particular, maybe this was precipitate. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. ...by the injury to Tim Patrick, etc., but going to the walkthrough, the jog through, even talking to Luke Patterson, who we had at every single practice, he's like, you know, I'm not seeing one-on-one drills where like linemen are going up against each other and like blocking and like one-on-one full force getting into it. The point being, Zach, if you don't practice it, how can you then execute it on game day? And I think that was evidenced by how badly the defensive line was straight just getting obliterated off the ball and how no off-ball linebacker and nary a defensive back, for what it's worth, could freaking get off a block and make a tackle. It was a little bit concerning. So in that sense, hey, people, I understand your concern. I think it's fair to have some misgivings. I agree with Zach, though. Don't go run into the cliff. Don't go run into the cliff. Stay in kind of a let's-see-what-happens posture. Maintain your optimism. It's going to be okay. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, th- these are backups versus starters, and this is the um, whole totality of what Nathaniel Hackett wanted to see. It's who is going to uh, make the final roster, what players deserve to be cut, one, what aren't performing, and you go from there. So it didn't look good, and there are things that you can not like about it, but again, it's preseason. And Chad, to your point, you know, you're harping on the fact that the Broncos have had softer practices, and you're correlating right. that to the loss. Well, right. If they would have won the game, would we be celebrating the softer practices? It has, I don't think, anything to do with it. It's one singular preseason game, and we both predicted a loss for what it's worth on the radio show on Friday. Neither of us thought the Broncos would win this game, if only because it was ones versus twos. It's not an accurate representation. The game was played ones versus ones. So once again, if they show up in Seattle like they did against Buffalo yesterday, then yes, maybe scoot closer to the cliff. But until (laughs) then, guys, enjoy the process. Um. I don't know how much you really paid attention to Nick Benito's play. Well, we'll let's take care of Gary he, since he got an early super in. Um, Benito, he was, I, I won't say um, clowned by Nathaniel Hackett, but Nathaniel Hackett did say that he, uh, quote, has to work harder. He says, whenever you're a rookie coming into the NFL, this is post game yesterday, there's always going to be some difficulties in learning a new system and all those things. Benito went against a couple of veteran quarterbacks today going against those guys. They knew how to work the count, right? Cause he had the, um, he jumped the count a few times. They know how to work him. They probably saw that he was trying to get off the ball quick and they got him a couple times on those pre-snap penalties. Then that kind of affects you. And then you lose some other things, meaning it kind of gets in his head and then he's not the same, but you know, he's coming along fine. This is how he qualified it. It's one of those things. He's a rookie and he's got to work even harder to understand the system. Close quote. Zach, your thoughts. This is just like last week where it's, you know, he had a decent game and let's put him in the Hall of Fame. Now he has a, you know, a poorer game and it's, you know, he's a bust and, you know, he's underperforming and this and that. This, these are the overreactions and impulsive comments that you get after losses, even preseason losses. But we all thought, and guys, even with the whole Broncos team, did any of us think they were going to go 21 and 0? All preseason games, all regular season games, all playoff games? No. There was going to be an acclimation period. There were going to be hiccups. There were going to be peaks and valleys. This is one of the valleys right now. And Nick Benito is the epitome of that, a raw player who's still growing, who, God, what a concept. He needs more than two preseason games before he reaches his final form. The Broncos need this to get better. Relax. Yes. And that's that's the other silver lining is, hey, do you want the punch in the mouth and the gut check to come week one? Or would you rather kind of come now where they go, okay, let's maybe kind of reapproach a couple of the right. ways we're doing things. I'd rather it happen now, even in the, in the, in the uh, case of it being twos and threes, right? The second teamers and the third teamers. I would rather if the coaches see that there's a hole in the boat or if there is a hole in the boat, I guess is a better way to put this. If there is a hole in the boat, I would rather the coaches detect that now and take whatever measures are needed uh, to fix the hole in the bolt that when the games are counting. Phil, good to see you, big dog. Appreciate the stars, as always, my friend. He says, I didn't like uh, the lack of tackling and the fire. Hashtag let's ride. That's one big complaint, Zach, that continues to predominate. is just a lack of intensity. It felt like the Broncos did not want to be out there. And for players who ostensibly, those who were on the field, the twos, the threes, and beyond, I mean, you're battling for your freaking NFL life, and that's the best you can muster. What are those implications? 
But did you? I mean, this is a non rhetorical question for y'all. Did you want to see fire in a preseason game? Did you want the Broncos to blow their load that early and, you know, late August or not save it, like Chad said, for the entirety of the regular season? I mean, I understand the tackling and this and that, but again, the Broncos went undefeated last year in preseason play. How'd that work out for them? You know, it, you have to go through these things to make your team better. And hopefully, this is where Chad also. Nathaniel Hackett, it's great being a player's coach, and it's all fun and games when you're winning, and it's it's right. all hugs and sunshine and unicorns, but we both have said, how is he going to be? How is he going to coach? How is he going to rebound and respond when the adversity strikes? So next week's preseason game will tell a lot about the Broncos going into Seattle. Agreed. Boise, man, great to see you, bro. Thank you for the super chat. He says, so fellas, time to restock draft capital and move up for a top-tier offensive tackle and build – some depth it's not surprising to have bad depth after trading for a wilson caliber player but we need to recover hashtag mhh for life love it dude appreciate you boise man yeah the the entire offensive line looked bad especially in the run game like it wasn't atrociously bad in pass pro although there were quite a lot of lapses don't get me wrong less than two yards per carry i know it's not melvin gordon i know it's not javante but guess what? On the other side of the ball, it's not their ones either. It wasn't Von Miller out there. For one or two series, it was. But then twos on twos, I really do feel like that offensive line, hey, I know it's a more cerebral. When we when we, when you go from Zach, a gap-centric, a man-in-the-booth in the type thing, to the zone, the zone is a little bit more of a cerebral process of learning it and implementing it, knowing where to be. Nathaniel Hackett talked about it as assignment uh I'll find the quote, but um, it's just a more they're thinking more until they get it down. And I think perhaps that's what we're seeing here, Zach, in the twos and threes is one of the reasons it's a fail to launch so far on the running game. And then, of course, everything Nathaniel Hackett then wants to do passing wise springs off of whether that run game is being productive or not. But I think a big part of what we're seeing is that trial and error learning curve of it going from a whiteboard to the practice field and then converting that into execution in a, in a real game situation. My concern is, all right, if the twos are struggling that bad with it, implementing it, are the ones going to be struggling that bad to like execute this new scheme? I worry. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. It's a concern. Well, there are twos for a reason, and there's there's ones for a reason. So I'm just hoping and praying that, you know, the likes of Javante in the backfield and Garrett Bowles and Quinn Miners then playing full-time and hopefully Billy Turner at right tackle, uh, that'll be solidified. It, you know, if you had to come to one conclusion about this game, it's that Buffalo's backups are better than the Broncos' backups. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Buffalo is a trendy Super Bowl favorite to win yeah. it all this year. They're the best team in the NFL, arguably. So if the Broncos lost a preseason game to them, so be it. And that's another point, though, Chad, as to why you shouldn't overreact about the wide zone scheme. Did anyone think it was going to take, you know, shorter than two preseason games to implement across the board for them to click right away? No, that's a tough transition to go through. And you're doing it with Zach Johnson out there, Chad, Cameron Fleming, these no ones, these Quinn Baileys. It's going to take time, even with Javante, even with the starting offensive line, Melvin Gordon and the rest. But you can't form any conclusions when your offensive line play is that bad. If anything, it proves that the personnel, uh, the backups the Broncos have, some of them should be replaced ASAP. It only goes to further, I think, bolster our opinion that we've been telling people is, hey, I think this is a team that's destined for the playoffs. They're going to break the slump this year, but it's not going to be stomping 
you know, ripping throats out, out of the gates. Like it's, there's going to be some growing pains. And I'm talking when the ones are on the field, there will be some growing pains because there's so much new, so much new in terms of scheme, coaches, personnel. I mean, all these moving parts, it's going to take. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. A little time for those planets to align correctly. GLP says, no, I'm not excusing the loss, but I think the Broncos got some travel problems with the energy lack. Appreciate you, bro. That's another thing to throw into this equation. Good point, GLP. East Coast morning start for the Broncos. <laughs> Forever going to haunt them. You know, though, we're talking about energy again. It's something that we've talked about in the Fangio era. So the Broncos replace the coaching staff. Is it the personnel? If we're going to be all knee-jerk and impulsive, is it the Broncos players? Are they soft? Do they not have any dog in them? Should we, you know, get, get a, te- a keep to leave on the horn to criticize the Broncos? <laughs> no, I, I mean, this is just because it was one game. That's all it is. Um, maybe I don't know why I'm so optimistic, by the way. It's a whole new posture on my part, Chad. You know, I feel yeah. really good about this Broncos team. And I just if they would have blown out the Bills, I wouldn't have been crowning them champs. I would have said, OK, it's a preseason game. There's lots of draw on, but they ha- have work to do before Seattle. The same thing remains, even in a loss. I think it's fair. I think everything that you have said today is fair. I think one of the things that's making fans really uncomfortable is it's not that they got blown out. It's not even that they lost. It's how it happened. You know, the how of it, the complexion of it is just felt too familiar for fans. Ben Wallman, what's good, bro? Appreciate those big dollar uh, stars that you're throwing down. Big baller, big dollar. You're the man, Ben. He says, our D-line, the twos, sucked. We need defensive line help. So this is something Zach, Eric Trickle brought up on the podcast after the game, and then Scott's even mentioning it in the private chat, which is, you know, a lot of these, it's twos, it's threes, some of them are going to make the team, but you're probably not going to see much of them except for special teams. The D-line, though, those guys you're going to see on the field quite a lot because D-line, those are big 300-pound dudes. They need to rotate a lot, stay fresh, stay sharp on the attack, etc. Uh, 
what was your take on the D-line and what you saw on Saturday? Well, as Mike Kliss pointed out, they got blown off the ball. They were pretty manhandled by that Buffalo front. And Buffalo, to their credit, man, again, they get paid to play, too. And they have yeah. just a great team, ton of depth, great coaching. They're, that's why they're a Super Bowl favorite. Um, I thought Henningson looked pretty good again, though. I think the Broncos finally found a gem, a late-round gem in him. Uh, McTelvin Najim, to me, was nondescript once again. And this is a position where it's a lot of holdovers like Deshaun Williams, McTelvin Najim, Mike Purcell, and new players like Henningsen and Owuzurike, new defensive line uh, coach and Marcus Dixon, the dark side. But again, when you don't have DJ Jones out there and Draymond Jones out there and you don't have the starters and you don't have the players behind them, it's tough to have an accurate representation. So I'm going to, again, like the offensive line, I'm letting that play out a little longer before I start crying. I like this, Zach, from from uh, Scott. He says, uh, Buffalo has won like 22 preseason games uh, in a row or something. They take them pretty seriously up there. That's fine. So, you know, if that's the, if they're going to make that their Super Bowl, perhaps that that's part of the, you know, tapestry here. And Greg, with this very generous Super Chat, Thank you to man, bro. Be, you have become a bona fide Super Chat superstar here at, at MHH, helping us keep the lights on. His message to Broncos country, OMG take a chill zach and i think it's fair again we come on these podcasts and we speak with y'all all right uh in in an open dialogue um it's one thing to vent some of our concerns all right but w i concur with gregory like i will tell you if i if i smell something that to me isn't right or if i have misgivings on a subject i'm going to tell you what it is but i'm also going to tell you whether it warrants knee-jerk all right. At this stage, it does not warrant knee jerk. You're going to need those teeth for the regular season. All right. Because you're going to be eating a lot of dubs. <laughs> Word of Jameis Winston. If Chad, you know, if I want to be negative for a second, I think the one takeaway after watching two preseason games is that the Broncos may rue their decision to just ignore the O line in the draft. Mm. Not using premium draft picks, not only at right tackle, but other spots as well. I mean, getting by on mid-round guys or uh, hold the Ford plug-in kind of guys. I really wish Peyton and Elway, when he was still GM, fortified that position more. But what are you going to do? Amen, dude. Fonzie, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for that very generous super chat. Fonzie says, I'm loving the new offense. It's more modern and gets guys in space, giving opportunities to the new playmakers. Yes, and here's what's even more encouraging about that, Fonz. They're not really running anything. They like they're saving the cool, coolest stuff and the like. The, what they're going to be using on the reg, they're holding that back because they're not trying to telegraph that to the other 31 teams of the NFL that are going to be pouring over every snap of every preseason game. So, yes, especially in the passing attack, you can see what you know what this can be and what it could be and what it will be with Russ as the trigger man. Um, but again, the uh, the the rushing attack. So much of what you see Nathaniel Hackett wanting to do philosophically in the passing game springs off of that running game. And you know what? It doesn't always have to be, you know, we're averaging like the Bills seven yards per carry in order to have a successful uh, play pass or even pass attack period. Sometimes it's just a matter of we're proving to you, even though we're only getting two yards a clip, that we're going to stay committed to the run game. That's enough to still have a plausible uh, full deck, so to speak, when it comes to which plays to call in the passing game, but the less effective the running game is, Zach, the more it works against you in that sense as well. You don't need it to be like hella prolific, but they got to worry about it a little bit. No one's worried about it so far. 
No, they shouldn't be anyway. And if can we talk about some positives? There weren't a lot from yesterday's game, but there were a few. Uh, that is true. Just seeing how the offense is going to take shape and how modern and 2022 it is compared to the previous coaching staff. That is uh, something positive. And also, how about special teams? I mean, through two preseason games, that's the best side of the ball right now. I give Dwayne Stukes all the credit and Montreal, man. Every yeah. single game, every practice, no matter what, he is making plays. He is going to prove to be quite the steal as a fifth-round pick. Love watching him run the ball. Yeah, dude. It looks like the Broncos finally solved that, a guy that can not only give you the that return game, but I think he'll find a way to, to impact on yeah. offense. Juero, what's up, bro? Appreciate you. I'd rather get punched in the mouth, says Juero, and find out what our team is made of now than during the actual season like the Ravens last year's act do y'all forget they started out three and oh and then they played a, an actual quality opponent and what happened they got as huero says punched in the mouth and then the next week by the steelers as well it's why you can't overreact every week is different uh circumstances change that you have to have the coaching that's the makes the difference is the coaching to have you on the right and narrow and to make the corrections that need to be made so hopefully hackett can learn from his predecessor and make the corrections going forward kenneth booker mile high huddle emeritus slash super chat superstar we love you bro and hopefully we get to see you in september next month bro hope you'll be down at the meet and greet we'd love to kick it with you kenneth says who has more combined touchdowns the running back mm. core or the wide receiver core zach what say you Ooh, that's that's a good one man i don't know i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the running backs you know i feel like javante and melvin can get 20 on the ground combined and um I just the receiver is like after Cortland Sutton, he he'll, he'll have like 10, let's say 11 touchdowns, Jerry Judy, eight touchdowns. I don't know where else are you getting them from KJ Montreal, Washington. So yeah, it's going to be close. I can see him having the same number actually, but I'm going running back. Cause I feel like the Broncos are going to be in the red zone quite a bit and we'll punch it in from uh, within the 10 or five yard line for the sake of argument. I'm just going to say wide receivers only because only because if Russ has a better than average Russ season, you know, he's going to be in the high 20s, low 30s if it's like high, if it's like slightly above average rust season. I, I'm not saying they that Melvin and Javante can't get there, but they would need like almost two Clinton Portis, Mike Anderson type seasons, at least as far as touchdowns go. I don't know. Plus Russ. I mean, if we're talking rushing touchdowns or just running back touchdowns, Russ, Russ is going to give you three or four on the ground himself. Uh, on a on an annual basis, so that's a tough one to answer, bro. Michael says, and this brings up an interesting one, Zach, because we got to see the debut, uh, woeful as it was, of uh, Joe Schobert at linebacker, number forty-eight. He says, "Does Mike? He played Schobert played awful yesterday preseason game two. I am not. That's one of those that I'm telling you right now. Forget what you saw from Schobert. Like it that." in particular for me, is even more meaningless because this is a guy that's been chilling on the street this entire offseason. He got thrown into a football uniform and exposed to even anything remotely resembling. I mean, it's his trade. You expect him to know what he's doing, but like game speed, intensity, all that stuff, Zach, that was his first exposure to it after like two or three days of practice. He didn't look good, didn't look like he was in command. If he looked like that, you pull him off the street, you know, it's week four or whatever, maybe I'd be a little bit more freaking out. But I don't care that Schobert didn't look that good. 
I don't know what people are expecting. No offense to you, Mike. I'm not directing this at you, but like we're expecting like five force fumbles and three sacks and a defensive touchdown. I mean, like Chad said, he was signed a week ago in his first game and he had second, third, fourth stringers around him. You're talking about a former pro bowler, a former co-NFL leading tackler. That position, you have to have a good supporting cast and really make you shine. Schobert did not have that yesterday. So I'm going to give him a grace period. If anyone deserves one on the roster, it's definitely Schobert. Gregory, thank you, buddy. He says, I love your pod. I appreciate the level of being able to look at so many angles with another very generous super chat. Thank you. Seriously, Gregory, you the man, dude. We really appreciate you. Um, Let us send you a little something, something. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com and tell us what your t-shirt size is. Let us send you a little something back uh, as a thank you for just how awesome you've been the last couple of months, bro. Your address as well, obviously. Andrew Baker, speaking of awesome, what's up, fam? He says, poor play by the backups, and they're backups for a reason, kind of what Zach's trying to emphasize. Uh, Broncos are holding aces and have to bluff for the pot, Zach. What do you think? A little uh, poker metaphor for you. I like, I like it. I appreciate the optimism, Andrew. But, I, you know, I'm not going to say – it's kind of like the salary cap. You know, we admit that it's not fake. It's a, It doesn't exist, but we agree that there's uh, – context that you can look at it differently and you can massage and you can uh, find different uh, you know things to say about it that's how I feel about the game yeah it wasn't perfect it's never good when you're blown out by anyone by any circumstance but it is preseason they did have backups in there and uh, you got to learn from it you got to grow from it it's one game that does not count in the standings just the tonality and and kind of energy and mood of Nathaniel post game I think that should tell fans something like if he was that bummed out, disappointed, and kind of miffed, it's okay if you feel that way. It might just be preseason, and the game doesn't count. But obviously, on the visage of Nathaniel Hackett, you could see that it does matter on some level, right? They suit up and they get out there. No one wants to get humiliated in a preseason game or a regular season alike. Like no one wants that. You know, he's back to the drawing board on a few things. But like we've been trying to say, it's probably a blessing in disguise that it's happening getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance it's not only about making smart changes today it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy plus you'll help protect the environment for years to come a better world for you your family and your community get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at alliantenergy.com slash rebates not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Now, course correct a few little things. And even if it's still not perfect week or, you know, game three of the preseason, it's okay. 
recognize it now, start tweaking things. George Fox with some stars. Appreciate you, George. Guys, can you tell me where anyone on the team, on the second team, looked good enough to fill first-team positions if injuries occur? Denver Broncos for life. MHH for life. Love you, George. Um, anyone on the second team that stood out yesterday in any way, shape, or form to you? I'll say it's kind of funny because you read uh, Thomas Hall's Game Balls article. He loved – he gave props and included a game ball to rookie safety, Diller and Turner Yell. All right, cool. Eric Trickle on risers and fallers. He put Turner Yell as a faller. He didn't like what he saw. It goes to show you, first of all, we do not muzzle our writers. It's okay if one writer believes one thing and, and another writer believes another thing. We're going to publish them both. But it also, I think, Zach, um, Yell, I don't know if you could qualify him as a second-team guy. He's more of a third-team guy, but I liked what I saw from him. I, it made me kind of feel like, okay, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but he's a guy that could maybe, maybe uh, make this roster as a fifth safety behind Caden Stearns and P.J. Locke. P.J. Locke is a guy I wouldn't, speaking of second-teamers, I wouldn't mind seeing P.J. Locke in, on first team at, at times. Yeah, there's a few players. I mean, Corliss Waitman, the punter, I know it's not a sexy position, but after Sam Martin got hurt, Waitman averaged 52 yards and had a touchback on two punts. So that was pretty good. I mentioned Matt Heddingson. He had a pretty good game. Caden Stearns led the team in tackles. He had five solo tackles as well. Uh, Jalen Virgil, if uh, Broncos' speedy receiver were to go down, the undrafted free agent, he looked pretty good. Trey Quinn looked pretty good. And also, how about Brett Rippon? A guy I've been ripping the last week, Chad, because I thought the competition was over. But to me, he outperformed Josh Johnson in an equal opportunity. So, again, there it wasn't a great game by any means. It's not something we can cover our eyes about completely. But there were positives to take out of it as well. Uh, the Broken Pirates, real quick, on Twitch. Appreciate you being with us. We love all of our great Twitch listeners. It says, we need O-line and D-line depth for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've talked quite a lot, Zach, about the D-line depth issues, concerns, etc. Uh, or pardon me, O-line. But D-line, you know, Deshaun played a lot yesterday. He's going to be a starter. I am like seriously hitting the panic button on McTelvin Najim. Like he's Same. just this show, just just this side of waste of space out there. Literally. Like he's you might as well just put a Olay guy, what do they call it? Matador guy out there. Like equal equal production. Um Hanningson I like what he can bring to the table. It wasn't quite as uh, impactful in game two, but I think he's going to be a nice depth guy as he kind of grows into D-line. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Uwazarike, not so good in game two. I haven't really loved what I've seen from Uwazarike through two games, but I didn't really expect to be blown away uh, in the preseason. Um, outside of those two guys, both of whom are rookies, when you get past the Jones bros, right, DJ and Draymond, and you get past – um, Mike Purcell, it, well, and then you get past Deshaun, there's Mike Purcell, there's the two rookies, and then it's a cliff. Now, you're only going to keep six or seven anyway, but th what I've learned from this, Zach, all right, is the notions of, hey, Mike Purcell could be a cap casualty. Dispense with that, dude. They're not getting rid of him because they're going to need his ass. Exactly. Yeah. And Gene was terrible. And I feel like he's a busted pick. I'm just going to say it right out. I mean, he didn't get to play in the Fangio era. And when he's played this preseason, he's looked like just a, a flailing, you know, helpless body out there. Um, Henningsen did look good. Uh, I, don't, I don't Who do you sign, though? What do you do for yeah. defensive line? Can we talk about that? Who's even out there right now at this stage? I'll pull it up while you're talking. In? 
it, it's it's tough. You maybe have to wait for final cuts to come out, and by then mm. the season's right around the corner. But you, when you hold out, and I'll say it again, when you hold out two of your starters in DJ and Draymond, those are your big guys up front. Beyond how many how many teams, Chad, have six or seven great defensive linemen? You know, not all backups are good. Some are bad. That's why they're backups. So yeah. if if Iwuzurike is your backup, Henningsen's your backup. That's a decent position to be in. Not everyone can be a pro bowler. Okay, so I'm going to pull this up, and we'll just go through a couple names. And by the way, Marcus, appreciate you, bro. Across the pond, throwing some stars down. He says, hey, guys, respect as always from the UK. Looking forward to a good show. Go Broncos, MHH for life. We love you, Marcus. Appreciate you, big dog. Um, here's a few of the names, all right? Let me see if I can blow this up a little bit more for you guys. My new setup, it's not a touch screen, so it throws me off my groove a little. All right, that's about as good as it can get. Brandon Williams is available, all right? Former Baltimore Ravens guy that got paid once upon a time. And Dominican Sue at 35 years old. That was a name a, a few fans threw at us immediately after the game on the on the gut reaction yesterday. Linval Joseph, all right? Former longtime Minnesota Vikings slash Charger. Vernon Butler, Starlo to Lale. I'm, I'd be slightly intrigued by him, but he never quite panned out as a former high-round pick of the Bills. Uh, let's see. Anyone here jump out? Malik. That's a name Eric Trickle threw out, Zach, for what it's worth. What do you, what would you think about bringing back Malik Jackson? As long as he doesn't break the bank, I'm okay with it. I don't know where he'd fit in. He wouldn't be a starter. He's going to be like the Schobert on the defensive line, just like a, a very high quality name depth piece to have. I wouldn't mind it, but Malcolm Brown is the guy because he has a little upside. He's younger. I feel like he'd fit the scheme. That's one guy I wouldn't mind, but miss okay. me completely on a Dominican Sue. Yeah. We don't need that smoke. Sheldon Richardson yeah. used to be something. Shamar, we know what he can do. Not much. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gerald McCoy, his teeth are so long, dude, that he's like mistaken for a saber-toothed cat right now. Uh, I'm just I'm just scrolling through this, looking at anyone that jumps out. I think really, Zach, this is one of those things you hit the nail on the head that there are some intriguing options available today. But that's a position I think you can feel relatively confident, both O-line and D-line, that George Payton's going to be combing over when the final cuts uh, happen here in a couple of weeks' time. Colby says, I'm not surprised. We're not on a level with a Super Bowl contender. Even the twos versus ones taken into account. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are considered to be, you know, the, them and the Chiefs in the AFC as far as the talking heads national perspective. But, Zach, head-to-head, depth-wise, the de Bills depth freaking dwarfs the Chiefs depth. You lose the quarterback in Kansas City, that team becomes a 7 and 10 type of squad. Yeah, the Bills, some of their backups can be starters elsewhere. I, that might be the deepest team in the NFL. It might, might not even be close. So we can say from this the Broncos aren't the deepest team in the league. Okay, the, the Broncos lost to a Super Bowl favorite. Okay, I'll accept that in the preseason. We None of us thought it was going to be um, – undefeated in year yeah. one, you know, all preseason games, all regular season games, there were going to be losses in there. And one of these losses happens to occur now when guess what? The beauty is it doesn't count. No one's going to remember this game. If the Broncos win week one, nobody. Uh, Scott brings up this point, Zach, it's a salient one. Speaking of looking for help, the bills still have 16 defensive linemen listed on their depth chart. So that might be one cut list that you're, you're kind of keeping an eye on. If you're yeah, George, for Bader. Sure. Uh, Ben Wallman, Appreciate you, buddy. With how bad we played Saturday, Montreal Washington, the rookie fifth rounder, is looking good. And for what it's worth, Kendall Hinton looked good, too. 
thoughts. Well, let me refresh my memory on Kendall Hinton's uh, night. So Hinton finished with he was catchless on four targets. Four targets, yeah, yeah. So he had a couple of good opportunities. It's just you know the NFL is a is a game of inches. It's to quote Vic Fangio, right? It's, fractions of inches in some cases and he was close on what could have been a couple of big plays where he could kind of almost came close Zach to duplicating his game one performance but I like him but like I've told you guys before on this podcast Kendall Hinton to me is a guy that's damn handy to have around as a practice squad guy to elevate here and there if you need him to I don't really view him as a legit like threat for the roster relative to the other guys who are there like I'd rather see Seth Williams maybe make it I'd rather see um, Brandon Johnson, by the way, kind of disappeared. Jalen Virgil has me very, very intrigued uh, over Hinton. So I would I would say right now my guys beyond the top four would be Williams, Virgil, and then probably Hinton. And again, because he's the most experienced out of them and has some you know legitimate NFL game action, I would not be surprised. Maybe the Broncos needed a lineman, defensive lineman. Maybe a rare one-for-one trade occurs, hinting for a D lineman. That could happen. So there's going to be a guy you're going to get rid of in that wide receiver room. And if I could, and if it's not Kendall Hinton that I want around, make a call. See if you can get a sixth-round, seventh-round pick for him. Lawrence says, the Broncos are the reason I need a Modelo and Lime during this podcast. We feel you. We feel you. All right, Zach, we are at uh, 39 minutes, so we got a little bit of time, but anyone that has burning topic, question, get it in. Uh, KB with Super Chat number two tonight. Appreciate you, bro. Question, are you watching Game of Thrones tonight? I will be watching it. I don't think Zach, that's really Zach's vibe, but I will be watching it despite the fact that the way the showrunners on Thrones ended Game of Thrones had a similar effect on my fanhood and interest and in, in, in excitement for that as The Last Jedi did on Star Wars for me. It was like a dagger to the heart. Wait, is this like a spinoff? Because I thought Game of Thrones yeah. ended. Yeah, so this is called, uh, what is it, Dragons? Something Dragons. It, it's, it goes back in time. So Danny, the queen gal, Targaryen, all right? It's how the Targaryens arrive on, what is I almost said Middle Earth, Westeros, Westeros, whatever, or Westeros where they came from and how they got there and took power with their dragons and stuff. That's it's going through all that old stuff, like 300 years back in time. Yeah. It's not my bag, but you know, everyone seems to like it. I happen to think the Sopranos is the greatest show of all time, but Hey, different conversation for a different day. All right. Sopranos aside. Have you watched breaking bad? I couldn't get into it. I tried people love that show. I couldn't get into it. I was the wire thinking, would be the second best. I, I was like. about to throw out to you. All right. Sopranos aside, Wire or Breaking Bad, what would it be? But for you, House of Cards, Mad Men, those were good shows too. House of Cards was good until his fall from grace, and then I couldn't really (laughs) watch it. I was like, this dude's a piece of. I couldn't get past the make, but like what he is in real life, then the make believe aspect of what I'm watching and just getting lost and escaping into a piece of fiction, I couldn't do it. This Kevin Spacey's an utter piece of trash human. He is, yeah. A couple others are Succession on HBO. That's a pretty good show. And, uh, That's surprisingly nothing, good. Nothing to me top Sopranos, though, at all. Agreed. Not even close. But you and I are kind of gangster movie guys. Like, oh, yeah. We, we, lo- we love Sopranos. We love freaking um, The Godfather, Scarface, Goodfellas. Good Casino, Taxi. Yes. A sleeper that people don't often talk about, too, is Mean Streets, another Scorsese with, with De Niro. And Carlito's Way, another Pacino that people don't often think about. Dave from Georgia. 
We think about you all the time, bro. We love you. We appreciate you. He says, Washington will get at least one uh, putt return touchdown, one kick return touchdown, and two to three touchdowns receiving is his prediction. Hashtag Broncos country. What say you, Zach? I can definitely see that. Looking over his box score yesterday, he had two kickoff returns for 55 yards, so 27.5 yards per return. That's pretty explosive to me. Jalen Virgil had two for 60, though, so he has a set of wheels as well. If the Broncos do use uh, Washington as both returner, you know, as kick and punt, I can see him breaking one. And, yeah, what people are forgetting is what Chad said earlier, what we've been saying since he was drafted, he is going to be that X factor. He is going to be that missing link they've never had for what five six seven years now just the guy that can break the game open if you get the ball in his hands what isaiah mckenzie should have been that's montreal washington real quick before i forget this and scott untouchables right going back to uh al capone with 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 de niro as, as capone it's good it's just that it's not scorsese good you know it's not brian de palma good it's not uh i forget the showrunner on uh sopranos dude the guy that wrote that david chase Thank you. Well, it's not David Chase good. It's good. I like it. Don't get me wrong. But that made me think of one other good t- uh, television show, all right, because of Costner. People kept saying to me, hey, have you, you got to check out Yellowstone. And I would, like, watch a trailer, and I'd be like, Cowboys in Montana, uh, not really feeling it. No, no, it's not what you think. You got to watch it. And I finally, my wife and I, we did watch it. It's phenomenal, dude. Yellowstone is like Sopranos in cowboy country, like Sopranos Cowboys. It's surprisingly good, surprisingly good for what it's worth. Andrew Baker, the only bad out of that game uh, was the last time the Broncos gave up that many points was 1975, but who cares? Hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, dude, again, it's not that they lost, Zach, as we put a bow on tonight's stream. It's not that they lost. To me, the biggest indictments here was just how it happened and the, and the complexion and just the little things that spiraled out of control quite quickly. And it was, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that was slightly alarming to me to see that maybe you're right, Zach, maybe Hackett was like not necessarily trying in his coaching staff, not necessarily trying to like galvanize the dudes and what are we doing? Let's go, you know, through the breach, let's do this. Maybe, you know, they're just so focused on individual evaluation and everything that they're, they weren't really trying to do that, but I would have liked to have seen them. All right. Hey, you got popped in the face. I get it. Like Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Well, they got one right on the chin. And then, okay, so you're down one, two series, and then you come back. That's the mark of, like, mature, um, developed, what's a good way, like spiritual constitution of a team. And I know we're talking twos and threes. But that's the biggest thing I worry about coming out of this. And that's why I'm really excited to see how and if Nathaniel Hackett kind of adapts and tweaks the things. And we'll see what – because I don't care if they lose preseason game three. Zach, we don't care if they win or lose. To me, it's always about the complexion of it. So I just want to see this team have much better fight, much better execution, much better intensity, and then I'll be – and then I'll, I'm, I'm not going to complain. 
To the point about Hackett, this is a guy who is already on record as saying he hates preseason and he's witnessed nothing but injuries grip the Broncos roster, even before the preseason with Tim Patrick, Demaria Crockett. He lost Jonas Griffith last week. You lose Ojemudia this week. Malik Reed got poked in the eye. So if I'm Hackett and I'm feeling the way that he feels, I'm not going to want to give 100% in the preseason. I'm not going to want to rally the troops and, and spark that fire. For what? A game that doesn't count? A game that no one, including all of y'all, will not be talking about if they come out and curb stomp the Seahawks on Monday Night Football on September 12th, which we think they will do. Uh, KB says the untouchables, the train station scene was epic. Yes, it was. But you know what? My wife and I, we got into this like weird binge habit for about two months when she was pregnant last year of watching like every single night going to sleep. We'd watch the naked gun. All right. The trilogy of the naked guns with with uh, Frank Drebin. And I think I want to say it was the second one opens with a spoof of the Untouchables train station scene. And so every time I've ever since, I think I've only watched Untouchables once since then, but now I can't help but just like laugh through it because I'm thinking of the comedy of, of Naked Gun. Naked Gun is slept on. Slapstick's not really a thing anymore, but I miss it, dude. I, I miss Slapstick. Yeah, I never saw it. Monty Python was pretty good in terms of Slapstick comedy. Watch the first thing. Naked Gun. Watch the first Naked Gun. Yeah. That's my recommendation to everybody out there. But Zach, I think uh, you know, let's get out. Let's get out of here. We don't want to flog a, a dead horse. Uh, before we do, just want to remind everybody, we'll be back, of course, tomorrow night, as you know. But also, you want to catch us at two p.m. on ninety-eight point one FM in Denver. And if you're not in Denver or or local to where you can listen, it's all good. Go to our Twitter accounts. You'll see the link on how to listen live. We want to hear from you. We want to know you're listening. We want your feedback. So make sure you check that out on our Twitter handles, and you'll never miss an episode. Yeah, real quick, by the way, again, I want to give a shout-out because Boise Man uh, supered earlier. We have the MHH Fantasy League taking place this coming season. The draft is yet to be determined. Obviously, before week one, it will occur. But anyone who wants in, it's a $50 buy-in, regular redraft fantasy league. Be sure to email us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Uh, reach out if you want in for the league, and I'll forward you to uh, – Boise man and get you set up for the league. So that's one more shout out, but that's going to do it for the mile high huddle podcast this evening. Wasn't a great game, but hopefully a better podcast for you to sink your teeth into until we're back on tomorrow night. Follow us on Twitter at huddle a pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle Chad's on Twitter at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, where it is, huddleuppod.com. Check that out and facebook.com slash pod. Like that page and follow that page. Guys, also, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please, as you see, as you see ticking below you, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel, it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight. Ben Wallman throwing down GLP, Lawrence, Andrew, Phil, Colby, George, and of course, Marcus Lewis. Appreciate you guys. Uh, our Super Chat superstars on YouTube. Gary Blah Blah, Boise Man, Gregory, Fonzie, Juero, KB, and Dave from Georgia, much love and respect. Can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. And then lastly, on our way out, KB says, a good movie no one talks about, Way of the Gun, with Benicio Del Toro, James Kahn, by the way, RIP, James Kahn just recently died, and Ryan Felipe, hilarious opening scene as well. It's been a while since I've seen that. I have seen that, but it's not one of my go-tos. It's not one of my go-tos. I'll have to re-examine KB. 
I appreciate you, KB. Also, Howie freaking day coming in with some stars this late in the podcast. Appreciate you, Howie. Hope you're having a great night. That's going to do it for us, guys. Back on tomorrow, same time, same place. Until then, take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. I'm Sulin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.